going to do in 2018. We're going to talk about where our lives are going and where they may end up if we keep going the same direction we're going and keep doing the same things we've been doing. This video kind of shows how ridiculous it might be to, to just say. <laughs> to say, in fact, that we're not going to do more. We're not going to grow more. We're not going to draw closer to God. We're not going to read. We're not going to pray. We're not going to witness. We're not going to do anything more than we've ever done before. I want you to think this morning about the future for a while. I know it's not the most pleasant thing to do sometimes, but I want you to think about man's plans and God's plans. Because they're not always the same, are they? They're not always in sync. They should be, but they're not always the same. Man's plans and God's plans. When I was a boy, it used to drive me crazy that my dad took so long planning a project before he ever started it. He was a planner. He's still a planner. He's still do, so deliberate. If he comes to visit us or we're at his house, you know, we, we send him off to bed about 10 because it takes him to about midnight to get there. He's got so many things. You, you follow him in to see what he's doing, his routine, and it's an amazing routine. He lays everything out on the bathroom counter, you know, and he's got to go through this process. If he fails to do any of it, he doesn't sleep well that night. So it's just too much. And it used to drive me crazy. We do car repairs together. We would build things together like a new shed. Uh, we worked on yard projects. We worked on Boy Scout projects. And in every case, my dad had to plan it out, you know, to a hundred times more than necessary before we could start anything. Um, with his engineering background, I suppose that's, that's where it comes from. You just think it through. And before you go to the store, you have this list, and you've checked it over about 20 times so that you don't forget anything and have to go back. It drives me crazy. I just wanted to charge ahead and do something. And he eventually taught me that you have to be patient. Because in the long run, most projects, most things will go smoother and cost less and turn out better than when you just run into them and start doing something. How many planners do we have here this morning? Thank you for the three of you that raised your hand. No, there were a little more than that. But you know, some people are just planners. There's no way they're going to proceed until they plan. And, and some of the rest of us do a little bit of planning. What do we plan in our lives? Well, all kinds of things. Of course, we plan our education. We want to know how far we're going to go with this thing. We plan our career, the path that maybe we'd like to follow, whether we get to do that or not or change it partway through. We plan our families. There's a thing called family planning, by the way. Our travel, our vacations. I was thinking about Jane and I getting ready for our 40th anniversary trip. You know, we got ready for that thing for a year. And I'm so glad we did because things really worked out so well. We just looked back and said, that was amazing. How many things you could do, how many places you could see in a short amount of time. We plan our retirement. At least some of us do. Some of us still need to do that. Man's plans are many then. Some people are better at it than others. And some people love planning so much they just get kind of stuck there. They plan and plan and plan and never really do much of anything. That's another sermon for another day. But this sermon is about man's plans and God's plans. What I want us to think about is the motives and the desires that are behind the plans that we are making. Motives and desires are so critical. Why do we do what we do? And what is it, after all, that we're actually trying to do? Is, is that the right thing to be doing? And who 
are we trying to do it for? These are really big questions. And if you stop a moment to think about these questions and the motives and desires behind your plans, it may very well change your plans, big time, in a big way. Is this for us or is it for God? I'm so glad that our first song this morning, not for us but for you. This is what our life is about. Think about man's plans and God's plans. Now, New Year begins tonight. That's not a surprise to anybody. Are you ready for that? Have you thought much about it, or have you just kind of put it off again? Have you decided some of the things you'd like to accomplish in 2018? Either way, ready or not, 2018 is coming. And it's coming in a little over 12 hours here. So let's take a few minutes to think about what we're doing and why. Plans are good. Plans are necessary if we're going to make a difference. But what are we trying to do, and who are we trying to do it for, and why? Our key verse this morning comes from a little verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 19.21. And it goes like this. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And uh, I, I looked at a number of different translations about this verse. Just say this one with me here. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I looked up, for instance, the easy-to-read version, the ERV version, and it, it made it pretty simple. It says this, people might make many plans, but what the Lord says is what will happen. And that, that's really what the verse is getting at. We get all kinds of things going, all kinds of ideas and dreams and desires, and, and we, we kind of lay it out, some of us, in, in great detail, but you know what? It's up to God whether it's going to happen or not. And it's up to God ultimately to decide. You could even go through with something that's against God, but eventually he's going to win out. He does every time. Eventually, God's uh, uh, providence, God's sovereignty is going to come in play, and God's going to accomplish whatever God chooses to do. And he may have to go around you. He may have to you know, just kind of push your plans off to the side at some point, but God's purpose is going to prevail in the end. So it's so much better to be in sync with God than to be bucking against God all the way, isn't it? Just makes a lot of sense to me. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So let's just be a little bit honest this morning, well, more than a little bit. How often do we consult God about what we are planning? How often is it that when you sit down, you think about your education, you think about your job, you think about your family, you think about your retirement, you think about all these different factors of our lives, how much is God a part of that plan? Don't we, in fact, make many of our plans without ever thinking about God much at all? We consult our family members. We consult maybe a, a planner, you know, a person that's professional at this, and they kind of detail some things for us, lay it out for us. Uh, and, and many times we just go ahead with our plans, and then later on we say, God, would you bless the plan that I've made? And it's backwards, isn't it? It just seems so, so like reversed of how it should be. God, I'm going to come up with this wonderful idea for my life. I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to provide resources that I need for that, you know, and pull different people into this. And I'm going to pursue this with everything I've got. God, would you please bless my plan? And God says, why are you just now talking to me? Why are you just now pulling me into this equation? That's a little backward. 
King Solomon, the writer of most of the book of Proverbs and a couple other books in our Bible, was a great planner. He spent years of his life building out the city of Jerusalem and making it one of the most beautiful cities in the world. The temple that he built was one of the greatest wonders of the ancient world. He also built marvelous palaces for himself and for several of his wives, as well as beautiful gardens and other projects. Certainly this man knows something about planning. Sometimes Solomon was in sync with God, and sometimes he was not. Very often he was not. The Bible says that Solomon was this very intelligent and wise man to whom God had revealed many things. Solomon knew over 3,000 proverbs about life and how life works. And I've benefited from those, haven't you? Just little tidbits that he throws out there and he says, you know, if you remember this, boy, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. It's going to help you really do better in your life. These proverbs are amazing. The book of 1 Kings tells us that when he first became king of Israel, the thing he prayed for was wisdom. And God was so pleased that he prayed for wisdom, that he gave him wisdom plus riches and power and peace in his kingdom. Solomon came to my mind as I was thinking about God's plans and man's plans because Solomon, in all of his wisdom, never really figured out how to live life so that God would be pleased in the life that God wanted him to. One of his books, Ecclesiastes, tells how he spent years of his life seeking wisdom by experiencing everything man has to experience. Here's a guy with all the resources. He had all the money. He had all the people. He had all the, the means to pursue anything that his heart desired. And so he did. He says, I just let myself run with these things. I let myself experience all the desires available to man. I let myself experience great successes with all kinds of projects and building things and, and you know massing choirs for the temple and and pulling together people and working together on things. And, and I tried it all. Nobody could say, you know, I did more than Solomon. He, he got to try it all. And at the end of it, it's so sad that he comes, you know, back to it all. And he says, like in Ecclesiastes 2.11, everything is meaningless. <laughs> A chasing after the wind. Nothing can be gained under the sun. And it's kind of this depressing, discouraging response when he got to do everything maybe we hoped to do, everything we thought we would desire to do. Solomon chased all of these rabbit trails, and he got to the end of it, and he said, guess what? It, it didn't end up where I thought it would. It left me with a pointless, meaningless existence until my eyes raised up to God. In Ecclesiastes, he finally realized it's God who brings meaning and satisfaction. He says in Ecclesiastes 2, 24, a person can do no, nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This, too, I see is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who, who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Then the next chapter, Ecclesiastes 3, 12 and 14, he says this, I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and to do good while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. God does it 
so that men will revere him. So Solomon gets this picture after years of chasing these desires that you don't look under the sun, you look up to God and you see what God is doing. And that is so much bigger and better than you would have, may have planned for yourself. So on one hand, Solomon got it. He understood that it is God who makes the difference. He said in Proverbs 1.7, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs 9.10, he says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. In Proverbs 16.3, he says, Commit to the Lord, then, whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. So he got it. And yet he didn't live it. He had trouble living what he had, had, had been uh, revealed and what he had received from God. He knew what was the best and wisest way to live, but he didn't do it. And he didn't keep God at the center of his life where God deserved to be. What I find so interesting about Solomon's life, this wisest guy, is he had a hard time following his own advice. So do we. Often we know better than what we do. We've heard the proverb. We've heard the word from the Lord. And yet, something in our nature says, I'm still going to do what I want to do, even though I don't think it's going to work out too well. But it just seems like, for now, that would be the fun thing to do. That would be the desirable thing to do. And only later on do we just decide that God knew what he was talking all about. He knew what to say. Here is what we call the wisest man who ever lived. We'd have to just call him the wisest fool who ever lived. He knew more than the rest of us, and he didn't do the right thing. And In fact, he allowed his many wives and concubines to turn his heart away from God, and he ended up a miserable person. He ended up that as soon as he died, his kingdom was split in two. You know, this marvelous, enviable, wealthy, peaceful kingdom just split in two. Solomon had failed. Solomon's father, as it turns out, was much wiser than his son. Who was his father again? David. King David. Yeah. King David didn't have some of the same opportunities. He didn't have the wisdom that Solomon did, but he made much better choices in his life. And you see David as kind of this picture of God's plans. Not perfect picture, obviously, but a picture of God's plans, of a person who is looking to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? How do you want me to live my life? Where is this going to go? God anointed David to become the next king of Israel when he was still a youth. He had to wait about 20 years before he actually ascended the throne. And David's just patiently waiting in the wings until it's God's time for him to become the next king. Even though he knows... I'm next. I'm going to wait on him. King Saul, the present king, envied him. He despised him. He tried several times to have David killed or to kill him himself. By God's grace, David survived all of these attempts on his life. David had several opportunities to kill his enemy, King Saul. Remember? He had times when King Saul's right there. All he had to do was lift his hand. He could have killed him right then or had somebody else kill him. And he always refused to take matters into his own hands. He said, far be it from me to harm the Lord's anointed. 
He knew that vengeance is the Lord's business, not ours. He knew that God was just, and eventually that injustice done to him that he had suffered, God would deal with. God would take care of. One time in his life, David forgot that God was in charge, didn't he? One time in his life, he stayed back from the battle scene. He's at home, time on his hands, and he commits adultery, and then he commits murder to cover up his adultery. He leaves God off to the side of his life for just a moment, just a few months of his life, and he ruins a bunch of things. He mars his reputation. He disobeys his God, and he's kind of stuck there until God sends Nathan the prophet to confront him. And when he confronts David about his sins, to his credit, he repents. He confesses openly what he's done. He acknowledges it, and he gets his heart right with God by repenting before him. And his kingship continues in spite of the big mistakes he's made. Later on, his son Absalom even tries to steal that kingdom. But Absalom's son, uh, his sons fail, and David remains king. So we have two portraits that I just want to kind of leave you with this morning as we enter this new year. You have man's plans and you have God's plans. You have Solomon, who ends up going the man route, and David, who ends up going the God route. Solomon ultimately followed man's plans rather than God and paid a heavy price for drifting away. David trusted God to lead his life and give meaning to his life. And even though he failed God at one point in his life, he turned back to God and is rightfully called a man after God's own heart. You want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart? I do. You know, I, I just want to be able to say, God, I want you to know I'm after you. I'm following you. I'm seeking after you. I'm doing whatever you want me to do with my life. And I'm trusting you for the ultimate results of my life. Will we follow our own plan or will we follow God's plan for our lives? We must decide the choice is ours. Now, this morning, we have the opportunity to ordain and install the leaders for 2018 at New Hope Christian Church. And we're asking for God to give his wisdom and his direction into them as we go into the new year. Now, the leaders have already been praying for some time, praying about the plans and dreams that God has. We don't want to have our own plans and dreams. We want to have his plans and dreams. We've begun in reading and discussing together a book that's called God Dreams by Will Mancini. Because we don't want this church to be a church that follows man's plans, you know, that, that, that patterns itself after some other church that seems to be making headway and doing things for God. We want to seek God and say, God, what is your dream? What is your plan for this church? And if God is not leading us, anything we do will not matter. It will not last. God is not leading us. Anything we do will not pass the test of time or make the difference for eternity that it should. Now, we could make scads and scads of plans. We could spend hours upon hours, days upon days planning. But Proverbs 19.21 tells us what? It is God's plans, God's purpose that will prevail. That is as true as a church as it is for you or me personally. Thankfully, God has our best interest in mind. He wants what is best for us. And, and if we would just stay with his plan, we'd be much happier than if we stayed with ours. And we would be satisfied with the results at the end of the story. Even when we've messed up, 
God wants the best for us and will help us turn things around. I think back to the nation of Israel and how much they rebelled against God, so much so that God finally had to send in people from other nations, and they destroyed Israel and carried off most of them to exile in Babylon. And at the end of that time, 70 years later, God says, okay, you're going to go home. You're going to get a new start. I'm going to begin again with you. If your hearts will be centered on me, if your hearts will be set apart for me. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope, and what? A future. A future. That is our God. God has a plan for each of our lives as well. And if our desire is to honor and obey and glorify Him, His plans will be achieved, not ours. And God will be glorified. And as a result, we'll look back and we'll say, that is the most satisfying, most meaningful life I could have ever lived. Pursue God's plans, not man's plans. We're going to take some time this morning to ordain and, and uh, install our leaders. So uh, if you'll find a bulletin and look inside, you'll find a half sheet there that says ordination installation service. We're going to spend some time right there with that. And I encourage you to be part of it, to pray with us as we have our various prayers this morning. First of all, let me introduce... Uh, the two elders that we've had this year will continue to serve. Uh, they're, they're serving right now. Both of them are in the sound booth this morning, one running sound and one running slides. So if, if you think they're they're not willing to serve, that there's an example right there. Uh, but we want to, uh, this morning, introduce Tim and Cindy Goldfish. Cindy, would you stand up for just a moment, please, also? Tim and Cindy. Um, maybe some of you that are new here don't know all of them. Uh, Steve and Christina Morales also. Glad to have uh, Christina stand up too. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, with these guys are continuing to serve. They're in a two-year uh, service time as elders. Everyone else is for one year. So they're continuing to serve the Lord. And uh, we want to lift them up in prayer together. So you guys come on over here and uh, just stand right here. Let's all lift them up in prayer together, okay? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for these two men that are standing here before us. Uh, for their devotion to you. Uh, Lord, we, we know so many, many good things about them and, and uh, their humbleness of, of heart, their desire to serve you and to do whatever is required, whatever is necessary for your people here. Uh, I see them coming down here and doing things. I see them reaching out to people and going places when just a little prod saying, did you know that somebody's going through this? And they'll be there. And I know, Lord, that they have that servant's shepherd's heart you've called them to and I pray for your blessing upon them their spouses as they serve you I thank so much that they uh, serve you together in their homes and their families and uh, there's evidence of that in the way that their families live how they conduct themselves Lord thank you uh, that you are multiplying their faith into the lives of others and I pray that that will happen many times over thank you for their leadership thank you for the attitude that they lead with, and I pray for your abundant blessing upon Tim and Steve this year as we enter it together. Bless us, God, and bless them. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Now, we're going to invite uh, two new deacons to come forward, if they will, please. Uh, first of all, let me introduce them and their spouses, Caleb and Aaron Vogelman. Would you all stand up for just a moment so you can see Aaron as well? 
and also Joe and Karen Neff. Nice for you guys to sit next to each other. It really makes it convenient. Okay. All right. Caleb and Joe, would you all come up, please? Uh, these uh, two guys have not served as, as deacons here in this congregation. Deacons uh, serve in a variety of ways. They're really uh, great helpers to the uh, leadership, to the elders. Part of the leadership team, we count on them for a lot of different jobs and uh, pretty much whatever you need done kind of thing. So I don't know if you guys signed that agreement yet, but uh, it's pretty much as all things are required. You know, no. <laughs> We may call on you to do things that you didn't expect. That'll probably happen. But that's the way it is for deacon, because really the word there is servant. Just willing to serve, willing to give. And so this morning, uh, we're going to ordain these two. You'll find in your bulletin uh, actual kind of a format that we follow, but it's a very real thing. And we're going to ask some questions, and then we're going to ask congregation uh, things too. So let's put this out. First of all, brothers and sisters, to all of you, you acknowledge that the men standing before me have been selected to serve as deacons in the Lord's Church here at New Hope. And do you wish to set them apart today for the special task God has given them? Caleb and Joe, do you promise God that you will serve the Lord faithfully in your life and witness as a deacon in this local congregation? And do you promise to keep yourselves morally pure and spiritually fit so God can use you effectively in his kingdom? Very good. We're going to pray for these guys. And uh, come over here in front of Tim and Steve, if you will. And uh, let's lift them up in prayer together. And let's all join. Let's, let's do something this morning. I know you can't all physically come up here. But could you raise your hand towards them, please, and ask for God's blessing upon them as we pray? Just, just reach toward them. And Steve will be praying for Caleb, or, or for Joe, and Tim will be praying for Caleb. Okay, let's pray. Our Lord and God, this morning we come to you, we turn to you, and pray for our new deacons. Pray for Caleb and Joe. And, you know, with both, since the time of the apostles, you have inspired the church to appoint members to assist in fulfilling your mission of the church. We give thanks for how you've blessed your church, how you've blessed this church at New Hope that you're continuing to build and shape your church here. We thank you for these three. We thank you for Kate. And for giving us the joy today of appointing these new deacons to serve your church. We'd ask that you bless these deacons, that they may know true humility and be faithful in service to you. Remind them of the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in fulfilling the ministry you gave to Jesus, for he came to serve rather than to be served. He sought the needs of others rather than seeking his own. Ministered to people without prejudice, with courage and determination, with enduring love. He loved people unconditionally. Lord God, through your Holy Spirit within, open their eyes to see what you want them to see so that they may see brothers and sisters in and outside of the church as you see them. They're full of love, compassion, working to discern your way. That they are 
equipped to carry out functions within the church. Lord God, we pray for these two deacons. And the all of your people here that we would seek you with all our heart. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that now dwells within us after we became believers and followers of your way. That each and every one of us will be hearers and doers of your word. Ministers of all people. For yes, we are each called to a ministry you have a purpose for each one of us. Help us to listen to your quiet voice, to the opening of our eyes where your, your spirit guides us. Help us to be obedient and not dismiss that call voice, that quiet voice, that the guiding of our eyes to what you want us to see. Help us to get out of our own created boxes of planning, of control, to see and fulfill your purpose. Help us to be obedient to you. That we will be people who care for those in need, to be voices, advocates for the forgotten, to those who the world chooses not to see. Servants of you, Jesus. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. All of this for your glory, O oh God. Amen. Lord God, just again, I just uh, also thank you, Lord, that you are God. That you, Lord, by your word, created all things, and in all things, Lord, you have made your purpose. And by your very word, you have also called us, Lord. Just reiterating what Timothy said, Lord, and also what John talked about earlier today, that you have called us for a purpose. Lord, I thank you for these men, for their willingness to listen to that call and to step out of their comfort zones, to uh, take part of their own lives, Lord, to commit to you. Lord, I pray for that commitment. I pray that my prayer for them, Lord, uh, Caleb and Joe both, Lord, that they would be sincere in what it is that they are doing for you. Lord, that this calling um, is their purpose, Lord, for why they're here. Even if it may only be temporary, Lord, or maybe if it is long-term, Lord, I just pray desperately that you are the one that's calling them to do this, Lord. That it's not something that's done whimsically. It's not something that's just done out of a spare moment, Lord, but this is truly your call. I pray that for the whole body here, Lord, as well. That as we partake and as we gather together, as we participate in giving you glory and also uh, spurring one another along to uh, be in a fire that is set for you, Lord, may you be here. May you be here in our midst. I just pray for them desperately, Lord. We pray that you continue to let them grow and uh, let them walk daily, knowing your word and your will for their lives. Lord God, thank you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, men. You may be seated. Uh, we have a continuing deacon as well, Jeremy Sims, and his wife, Kimberly. Kimberly, would you stand up for a moment there too, please? And uh, we're going to be praying for Jeremy as he continues to serve uh, another year here. He's been a uh, valuable help to us 
So let's lift him up together in prayer. God, we thank you for Jeremy. Uh, we like it, his heart so much, Lord, that, that he's devoted to you and to his family. Uh, he, every day, approaches life trying to serve you and glorify you. And we're grateful for that. Grateful for his humble attitude, willing to do whatever he's called upon to do, and uh, willing to help build your kingdom in this place. Lord, I pray uh, as some transitionings are happening in his life, career-wise, as his family continues to, to grow up, uh, and as he and Kimberly continue to honor and glorify you, that you would bless their household, that you would bless their lives, the ministries that they have in their neighborhood and in friendships and in, in job places and, and uh, other places, Lord, that you would just expand your kingdom because you're expanding the faith of their lives. Uh, bless them as they lead the church here by example. And as they provide uh, many different kinds of help, assistance uh, to the elders and to others within the body of Christ here. And uh, we thank you for Jeremy. We pray for your blessing upon him and Kimberly today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're starting something new. Uh, you should be somewhat aware of this. Uh, we realize the need of uh, leadership is to continue replicating itself. Finding people that that uh, you know are, are being called by God, uh, being gifted by God to lead in different ways. So we're starting a new thing this year, and uh, we're having a little trouble figuring out what to call it. We're calling them deacons in training right now, but when you you know use the initials that that's dits. So dits is really not a very good thing. But but we we're looking for people that are that are uh, being called by God to step up, to grow, to serve. And uh, this morning we want to recognize two young men that we've asked to serve in this capacity. They will be meeting with the leadership team. Most of the times that we meet, they'll have opportunities to learn, to grow. They'll be asked to do various things that, that will help them grow as well. And so I'd like to invite at this time for Seth Morales and Adam Richards to come up for a moment, please. I will not ask you to bring your spouses with you. Okay. All right. So you guys come over here, and let's lift them up in prayer together. Uh, and uh, Tim and Steve, if you lead us in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the, the two servant-hearted young men in front of us. We thank you for their hearts. We thank you for their families that have grown them, raised them in your word and encourage them through their growing up. And Lord, we have a cultural problem in this country where you know, something's changed over a couple generations that we just kind of let young adults grow up on their own. They head out their house, go to college, um, sometimes disappear from the faith. And for your church to continue we need to encourage young men, young women within the church to, to serve, to grow in you. That your body, your bride, may continue to grow. To reconnect people with you for their eternal sakes. Mm -hmm. Lord, uh, provide growing, interesting opportunities for these 
Seth and Adam and help us to guide them, uh, encourage them uh, as they continue to grow in maturity in your word and love uh, for the, the greater church. You know, because we don't know if, uh, what your plans are, Lord, uh, whether they continue to serve here or uh, go off to another church and uh, lead there. Help us to uh, walk in your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord God, just again also thank you, Lord, for these young men, for uh, just the way that you have inspired them. Uh, Lord, first of all, just to come to you. Um, and uh, the one I know at a very young age became, Lord. And just the way your word says, Lord, that you stated to your disciples, I will never leave you nor forsake you, Lord. And in the same way, Lord, here with these men as well. May you continue to inspire them. May you continue to give them the drive that they need to learn more about you, to walk with you daily, and to uh, be part of, of uh, fanning the flames here, Lord, at this church at New Hope. Thank you for their willingness to um, to walk in this direction, Lord. I again, pray for their honesty, for their earnestness, Lord, of, of answering your will, Lord, and, and your calling. Um, just be with them, Lord. Continue to inspire them. And uh, may they continue to read your word, uh, consume your word, and live your word. We pray this and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. We always have a, a number of people that are in elected positions. Um, we also have leaders of other ministries that um, are scattered throughout the church. Uh, not all of them ever get up front and uh, are never uh, completely known to, to all of us. There are many volunteers serving uh, in many different ways behind the scenes often. And uh, we want to lift all of them up in prayer. Let me just ask uh, that Teresa, Scott, stand up. Treasurer Cheryl is not able to be here. She's at home. Uh, pray for her. She's trying to pass a kidney stone. Um, Chris Drazdowski and Judy McDermott, would you all stand for a moment, please? All right, thank you. And then Mike Keene uh, will be uh, coming on with a team of, of trustees. I don't see Mike right now. Okay, thank you all. Uh, can be seated. But I'd just like to offer up a prayer uh, for these individuals and also for anyone else serving in leadership of any kind. Uh, let's pray together. Lord, uh, you know all things. You know uh, our hearts. You know the future. You know uh, the desires that are inside of us. You know your desire for us, that your plan is for a hope and a future. And that, that is what you want, and your purpose will prevail. Uh, we've been reminded of all that this morning. So in an individual way, Lord, for those working with our finances, those working with uh, just counting and logistics and reporting on congregational things and, and so many different ministries now, Lord, with children and teens and, and older people and 
and uh, people outside in the community and people inside that are struggling in various ways uh, and those uh, that are involved in our music and, and so many more things. Lord, we ask for your blessing. We ask that you would keep each of them close to you, uh, that you would help us to realize that your plans are so much greater than our own. And so each day as we look to you, as uh, we ask for your wisdom, we ask for your strength, uh, that you would bless us, Lord. Uh, I ask that you would watch over every member of this church, everyone who volunteers in any capacity, uh, even those, Lord, that have not yet decided to officially join the church but are serving you, loving you, sharing uh, Jesus with the people around them. I ask for your blessing on all of us, Lord, that this would be uh, a greater year than we've ever experienced here in this congregation and that you would be at the center of it all the way through. Uh, we ask for your blessing now, through Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to uh, sing together, so if we can get the band back up here.